Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to day four of the French Open. This is the second time we've recorded this intro. The first time uh, David confessed pretty late in the game that he hadn't heard a word I'd said, and his intention was just to to carry on, <laughs> just I rather gave ignoring me and, and saying what he damn well pleased. Yeah, oh, sorry about that. Uh, I'm back in the game now, Catherine, so you can carry on. He's in the game. The good news is that the interminable... Round one has ended, all three days of it, and we're now into a normally structured two days per round, one half of the draw one day, the other half of the day, uh, the other half of the draw the next uh, situation. We've had half, well, almost half, because as we record, Tommy Paul is a set of piece against Daniil Medvedev, or looking, although looking like he's played nine sets already today, so... Uh, I'd be surprised if that resulted in an upset, as David predicted. But um, but yeah, as we come to you, we have completed half of the second round matches and we all know where we are and it feels mm. good. And I feel like I need a T-shirt. I survived round one of the 2021 French Open because that was a, that was a long three days. But finally we're into round two and as you said, the draws are taking shape actually i think some real patterns are beginning to develop and some storylines and we sort of know where we stand with this tournament now so yeah i I thought it was a a good day as you said matt uh, it's been a long three days the the screen that i'm looking at the camera zeroed in on daniel medvedev and it was as if medvedev was trying to create a gift for you in that moment to illustrate exactly (laughs) what a long three days it's been, he took an enormous swig of water. I tell you what, both Medvedev and Tommy Paul look absolutely out on their feet after sort of less than an hour of tennis. Not sure, not sure what's going on out there. He took this big gulp of water. His, uh, his sort of comb over hairdo is sort of slicked across his forehead with sweat. Um, and he had this sort of slack-jawed hangdog thing going on with his face and it was it was it painted a very very apt picture i think 
Yes, I think it did. Uh, and um, it, it must be really humid in Paris. It's really humid here in the UK at the moment. I think we, we've had a thunderstorm where I am in Solihull and, uh, and in Paris. It does look like they could well they, they were due to have the same today weren't they and and the night session match i don't know what it is about about it under the lights it probably brings out that glistening sweat on the brow of medvedev all the more but he's got himself together hasn't he because he, he lost that first set and then he's just running away with it now sadly for my predictions but there we are. yeah well we'll assuming he does run away with it um, and Tommy Paul doesn't get us. I mean, I think he'd need sort of fourteen wins by the looks of by the looks of how he's looking physically just just at the moment. But assuming um, Medvedev does accelerate, accelerate towards the finish line, it has been a dark, dark day for our predictions. The landscape, the predictions landscape, has been a desolate one for us today. Mm. Pretty standard, really. Mm. It's. I mean, it started with me picking a match that wasn't even on the schedule. <laughs> I think there should be some sort of penalised... I think so mm, too. We've all know. let Matt get off the hook rather easily for that one. Went out in the <laughs> newsletter and everything. I blame, as you said, the three-day round one. Mm. I don't know which side of the drawer anything is on. Uh, well, well, yes, yes. That it, it was. It was an omen of things to come. I went for um, Martina Trevisan, who lost out in a a tight three setter. I think she was a break up. In, the, in fact, I know she was a break up in the third because I was following that very, very closely indeed. But Veronica Steyer won through. David had inexplicably Tommy Paul in this match. Little did he know that Medvedev is feeling great on clay. At the moment, looking forward to quotes of that nature coming the, out following this match. The problem is, match. though, that it's just not it's not fair because Medvedev's being sarcastic sometimes and honest <laughs> other times, and I don't know which one's which anymore. Mm, so he's keeping no, us on nobody, our toes, isn't he? It's very good. I like it. Mm. And anyway, this match isn't over yet. Uh, it is when you all listen. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> anyway, we're sat well, here. Look, and we don't. Know assuming really. that Medvedev comes through, it's been a it's been a good day for the for the top seeds and the title contenders at the tournament. I think Medvedev TBC, but there's been no real upsets today. I'd say only Belinda Bencic, the tenth seed, um, was the real sort of big one to fall. But even then, she how is she tenth seed? <laughs> where, where are those points come from? I mean, I know we've had a ranking for about two years, yeah. but still. Yeah, yeah, 2019, she had a she had a really good season, and most of those points mm. are still on her ranking. But it does it does feel like she shouldn't be the tenth seed. Um, Going to drop to 464 in the world <laughs> in about three weeks. <laughs> she lost out to to Derek Kazakina, who's been in a quarterfinal of the French Open before, and has. I know she's won a title this year, but she's been in the wilderness relatively since that breakout season when she did reach the quarterfinal. I think, what was that, four years ago now? Um, and she looks to be, I'm, I'm wary of saying sort of close to her best because I can't quite remember her best. It was, it was you know, really was a little while ago, but she looked seriously good today, I thought, Kazakina. She looked all right in that tournament. I predicted she'd win at the uh, earlier part of this year. Um, oh, that's a quality eye roll, Catherine. Um, but I, I also saw her when she lost to Irina Sabalenka the other week, and it was 
there are, if there are players she's up against that give her time to play, and if she's on her game, she's one of the best sights in the sport to watch. But I do think you can you can just stop that happening if you hit the ball hard enough. Yeah, that's that's pretty much my assessment. I I very briefly hovered over her when we were doing our predictions because she's in a very open section of the draw and because, as you said, she'd had a really strong start to the season, a couple of titles, one in Australia, one in St. Petersburg. So I knew she had some form, but then I looked up her form on clay and there was nothing to speak of. Uh, she hadn't won back-to-back matches on clay all season. And as David said, she took that heavy defeat to Sabalenka in Madrid. I mean, everyone did, to be fair, other than other than Barty, who pushed her in the final. But she also lost to Pagula in Rome. And I watched a bit of that. And Jesse Pagula was another one who just was able to hit through her. So I, so I didn't go with Kasatkina in the end. But... My goodness, she was good today. She is, she's the embodiment of sort of no two shots the same, no two balls the same. The variety within a point is remarkable. You know, it's a moon ball one, it's a flat backhand the next, it's a short angle next, it's a drop shot, it's a slice forehand, it's a foray forward. She can do everything. And I thought she was really really brilliant against Benchik today and that result was so much more about Kasatkina being brilliant than it was Benchik having having a bad day just to row back somewhat did you say Jesse Pagula is that is that what we're supposed to call her now I think I did say that um I don't know <laughs> I'm feeling bad for saying it now <laughs> no is that a thing you've heard or I'm sure no, I must have heard it Genuine question, is this a, a Jen, Jenny, Jennifer Brady situation? <laughs> a Seb, Sebi, Sebastian Corder situation? There's increasingly many of them, and I'd appreciate some clarity on all fronts. <laughs> no, I think you're Young right Americans. to pick me up on it. I think she is still Jessica. I think I've I've lapsed into over-familiar. Oh, I didn't mean to pick you up on it. I was genuinely, I'm genuinely curious about, <laughs> uh, about what we should be going with. Anyway, um... Yeah, it is an interesting section of the draw. Obviously, the sort of the biggest women's match of the day involved Serena Williams, and we'll we'll talk about that and look ahead a little bit to her next next match against Danielle Collins, which I'm very much here for. But that section of the draw. So today we had a win for Katerina Siniakova against uh, Kudamatova, seven five in the third for Siniakova there, and she had trailed by how much in the deciding set? I think at one point she was 5-2 down and she certainly was match point down at 5-3 in the deciding set. I mean, that match had everything. And basically when I say everything, I mean aggro uh, mm-hmm. because it was it was wonderful. I, I, I wasn't watching it live when it happened, but I, I saw that people were talking about it and I went back to watch the moment. Siniakova was a set and 4-3 up and... Kudamatova served out wide and you saw the line judge behind Siniakova put out her arm to say that it was out and presumably called it out as well. But you couldn't really hear that because Siniakova had grunted when she'd returned the ball. But the point carried on and Kudamatova won it and Siniakova said, well, the line judge called it out. Umpire, why didn't you stop the point? Why didn't you check the mark? Why should I have to stop the point if the line judge has 
called it out. Anyway, a, a big argument ensued between both of them, and it really affected Sinyakova for a, a long period. I, I thought she'd gone, to be honest. She, she, she lost the second set. When she came back at the start of the third, she had the supervisor out and she was talking to him. And then Kudimatova took that lead, as I described in the in the third set, only for Siniakova to come storming back and win it. I mean, it was it was a match of great defiance from her, I thought, kind of against all those odds with everything, I think, in her own head conspiring against her. She's sneaky good, Siniakova. And in that section of the draw with her, I'm, so, I'm talking big, big section here, quarter even, uh, we've got Vondrosheva, who was brilliant today. She beat she beat Harmony Tan um, in just her second match on the Philippe Chatrier court, which is extraordinary for, for a former finalist. Have we been underestimating Marketa Vondrosheva by not even well, including her in the conversation? The thing is, it's never been a question of her potential, her ability. She showed that that year she reached the final of Roland Garros and I, I always think of her in the match she played in Rome shortly before that, inter- interestingly enough, against Daria Kasatkina, when they played just the most wonderful demonstration of variety between them in a match that started with zero spectators, then a centre court emptied, and then they all ended up just sort of walking on by and getting interested in this match. And suddenly it was like there were two Italians going head-to-head, such was the interest in the match. But I think if you look at the rest of the last year and a half or whatever, Von Droshev has done nothing, really. I mean, I think she's had injuries too. But she she's lost heavily to people that you would expect her to be able to push in the last however however many months. The, the matches I've seen, tournaments I've seen, you've you've looked at these lopsided scorelines. And, and so I honestly, I just thought she just doesn't have any form. And I think you'll feel like you've got to have some form coming in. But my word, can she turn it on when she's when she starts to feel good? And because she's a lefty with a, with those angles that that provides, and she's a, an elaborate one as well, really sort of loopy ground strokes and drop shots as well. It's it's a really tough cocktail for for opponents to deal with. I think when she's playing well, so, so a lot of it's in her her court, so to speak. I think she's also possibly slightly overlooked because she drew Igor Sviontek in the first round of the French Open last year. So she's mm. actually lost to the eventual champion at the last two French Opens. So it, it, it has taken a, a great performance to beat her at Roland Garros, something, as David said, she seems to grow when she arrives at, at Roland Garros. And yeah, she's she's looked good so far. And given... As we're talking about, she's in this section of the draw. I think we we have to be talking about her. Well, in that section with her is Paola Bedosa, who won today two in love over Danka Kovinic. Definite eyes emoji on uh, mm. on Paola Bedosa. Um, so that means that one of Zidansek, Siniakova, Saranika Steyer, Daria Kazakina, Polona Herzog, who beat Caroline Garcia today, Vondrosheva, Bedosa and Anna Bogdan will be a semi-finalist at Roland Garros. Billy Jean's into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've already had to stop and edit out several uh, Billy Jean inserts, so we're just we're going to plough through this one, I think. Oh, <laughs> who's going to be the semi-finalist of those 
women whose names I read out and you may or may not have heard? I think I'm going to say Badosa. I think she is in the best form. I mean, I know I've talked there about Kasatkina playing brilliantly, Vondrosheva being dangerous. They're, they're next on my list, but I just felt good about Badosa coming into this tournament. And as you said, she's bulldozed her way through through today. So I'm going to stick with her. Herzog, by the way, did a watered-down Medvedev US Open moment. Medvedev's The Energy You Gave Me Tonight. She thanked the French crowd for supporting Caroline Garcia and getting her fired up to come back in the in oh, the first hello. set of that match. Sadly, it was way more polite than Medvedev. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Catherine is just about to halt the recording. <laughs> you want to look. Yeah, but the message is the same. <laughs> David, who who of uh, of those names is making the semi final? Mm. I I do think Vondrosheva could do it. I do think she could again. Mm. Uh, but Badosa, I agree with you. I mean, she's the the form player of the year of those. Mm. I, so I probably it'd be between those two for me. I would say. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I would. I would have to agree. Yeah. And my opinion is irrelevant anyway. See. See predictions record to date. Uh, the biggest uh, almost eye-catching women's match of the day involved Serena Williams. She won in three sets over Mihaela Bizanescu, another Romanian. Um, it was a great match. So entertaining. Um, I've written here on the agenda. She's not in title-winning form yet. I don't think. But I thought she was playing well and she's showing gears, I think. She's showing that she has the gears to go to when when she needs them. And I know she's she's not had a massive test yet. I mean, Bizanescu really raised her level in that second set and made such a fun match of it. I know she'll have sterner tests than this Serena Williams, but I've been cautiously quite impressed with her so far. Just imagine if she did it here. Mm-hmm. I, Imagine it. I, I, today was the first day where I thought thought exactly what you just said. Wow, she might just do it here. And... Just imagine that. You know, you got all the WTA Avengers rampaging around the place and coming out of the, at your ears, and you can't move for a tough draw. And then imagine if Serena Williams, when everybody's given up and thought that she's not going to get 24, imagine if she comes to the French Open that everybody assumes is just the the sort of warm-up for Wimbledon and she goes and wins it and equals it and then goes and gets 25 at Wimbledon. (laughs) Just imagine that. I am imagining it now. I I can suddenly see it. I still think it's unlikely at this stage, but definitely possible. I, I love it when David gets carried away like that. <laughs> <laughs> Round two at Roland Garros. David's got her on, on 25 slams. Two down, five to go, Matt. Two down and plus seven. So yeah. 12 to go. <laughs> no, but I I agree. I think I think she's looking good. I It was a fabulous deciding set today. Some of those rallies against Buzanescu were... Brilliant. And, sort of and that's exhibition a, stuff, wasn't it? Was yeah, it? yeah. And, and and that's a credit to Bruzanescu. She was anticipating Serena very well and moving and defending and forcing Serena to hit so many extra shots than she usually has to. Um yeah, I think she can be sharper, Serena, but for for the first couple of rounds this is very encouraging. And as you say, I think it's it's also a good sign that she's finishing these matches strongly. I remember last season there was a pattern of Serena starting really 
quickly and then slowing down a little bit. And she lost quite a few deciding sets at the end of last season. She'd got rid of that at the start of this year. And I worried that it might come back having not played much. But she seems to have built up that stamina and those gears and very impressive. 14 deciding set wins in a row on clay. The last one she lost was was the Rosano match. Ooh, wow. Wow, so that's nine years? That's the sort of entire span of the tennis podcast, pretty much. Goodness that, me. That Serena has not lost a deciding set on clay. Well, yes, if you remember the opening episode yes, of the tennis podcast I was, I was, was... steering us away. I'd drawn breath to steer us away from that, <laughs> it's David. All right, Catherine, I'm the one who gets humiliated in this. I'm the one who said in episode one that Serena Williams would win the title know, and then in episode two we had to say, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she lost in the first round, everybody. And nine years later, nothing's changed. Nine years later, here we are. Incidentally, Daniil Medvedev, who's just retrieved his break in the second set, looks like he's got sunburnt during a night session. <laughs> <laughs> Only Medvedev. <laughs> it's, it's extremely bizarre. Um yeah, so Serena's through. Uh, Who's she playing? She is playing Danielle Collins, who Ooh. beat Annalena Kalanina 6-love, six 6-2 six today. And that is a match that I'm I'm really here for. Uh, Serena Williams, she, she wasn't in the mood for, <laughs> for post-match press today. <laughs> in fact, she ended the press conference by saying, I'm really tired, I've checked out. <laughs> Which is <laughs> sort of sort of great, really the 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 frankness of it. Um, but kind of the best moment of the press conference, I thought, was um, was the way she lit up talking about Danielle Collins. Really clear how much she likes and respects Danielle Collins, and I I I felt quite emotional hearing her say that because I feel like Danielle Collins is taken the wrong way or rubs people up the wrong way. People don't get her. You know, and to to have someone of Serena's stature get her in that way, um, I don't, I'd imagine that means quite a lot to Danielle Collins. And um, yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, I'm sure they'll they'll be in one another's faces in two days' time, and I blooming hope so because that's what, what, that's what, what I want to see. What did she like about her? What was she saying? Oh, she didn't go into detail, David. She was tired. <laughs> she was oh, t- right. tired. Um, I but mean, she's her gal. Yeah, I think she mentioned her competitiveness, as as you would, um, and j- just said, you know, I've had the chance to spend a lot of time with her, and I, I think she said I've got a lot of love for her. Oh. Um, What's the over-under on ear-piercing, fabulous screams of come on in that match? Five? I'll be, I'll be disappointed if there's less than five. Yes, absolutely. I want I want hunched over bent double fist pumps mm. with w- accompanying earpiecing screams that's what I want. We need it to be close yes. in order for it mm. to to maximize I think it might that be. element. I think it might be actually. I think it might be. Yeah. yeah. I think that could be really good. Uh also through to round number 3 speaking of players of sort of that generation, that was a tenuous link. Anyway, also through to round number three, Victoria Zarenka, she beat Clara Towson today, which I would rib you for predicting Towson when Towson would win that match, except I almost predicted it too, and you sort of swooped in and nabbed my almost prediction at the last minute. Which... I tell you, if, if that had happened, <laughs> if Towson had won that, we would have brought that element it, of the 
the show it could forward have been about quite 28 ugly. I was, minutes. I was, really, I was really quite agitated about it. <laughs> yeah, no, crikey. I was, trying to, I was trying to stick up for you, Matt. Um, but Towson <laughs> didn't, didn't, didn't win. I, I thought well. she played quite well, just just not quite ready yet. And Azarenka, I always remember her being, you know, in, in her pomp, a bit of a disappointment on clay. Every, every year coming into clay court season, I'd sort of convince myself that there's no reason that she couldn't perform well on clay and then she would just fall a little bit short. But I, she impressed me as much today as she ever has on clay. And, and okay, that's quite a low bar, but I, I thought she was good today. Yeah, I thought she really enjoyed the challenge. I think Towson is is a similar player. They're big hitters from the baseline. And Azarenka has sort of built a career out of being one of the absolute best at those. And here was a young challenger doing similar things. Um, and they went toe-to-toe. And I think Azarenka got a kick out of coming out on top. Um, and I think she does enjoy the clay more than she used to. I, I, I think it was last year's French Open where she talked about how she used to hate all the shitty bounces on clay. Um, apologies to I mean, David's mum for saying that. Azarenka yeah. at last year's French Open was just an iconic moment. It, it, it was all wonderful. <laughs> and she related to Daniel Medvedev or just <laughs> they just see things similarly. But she's she's finally healthy again. I think she's had her start of the season interrupted, curtailed by some injuries. But she says she's feeling a lot better now, and yeah, I think I think it was an, it was it was an impressive win, two impressive wins because because Netsova really pushed her in mm. the first round as well. Mm. Yeah, I thought she was very impressive. Kind of the last uh, really notable result on the women's side of things today was a win for Arena Sabalenka, but pretty handily over countrywoman uh, Alexandra Sasnovich. Uh, now she Sabalenka now plays. Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova, the the proverbial banana skin, the professional Grand Slam quarter finalist, as our Twitter master Hannah Wilkes called her uh, earlier on this evening when we were looking ahead to that matchup. Precisely the sort of matchup that Sabalenka of old at Grand Slams would lose. I think. I think this is the test of whether she really is Sabalenka 2.0 mentally, I think, as much as anything. And the signs are good, I think. I She did a, a post-match interview on uh, on Longland after her win today. Despite there being nobody in the crowd, she was a victim of the of the curfew coming in midway through her match. And she thank, she said, thank you all for supporting me. And then she looked up and around and said, I know, I know you're not here anymore, but I hope you're watching this on the TV. <laughs> Now that you're at home, um, it was quite a sweet, very sort of very now moment. Um, but the final question that Cedric Pierlin asked her after some trouble with the microphone um, was, um, are you, I, I can't quite remember the word he used, are you really targeting something here? Do you, is this, is this kind of, is this the time? Ambition. Was Ambition. The word. Yeah. And she she talked about how she's not playing her best tennis, but that doesn't matter. She said, you only play your best tennis one week a year if you're lucky. 
and the rest of the time you're just fighting and scrapping and trying to do the best you can and still win. I don't think Arena Sabalenka a year ago would have said that. If it if it wasn't her day, Sabalenka, it was horrible. Mm. I'm not saying she wasn't competitive and didn't have any fight in her, but I I don't think she had that will to play through the the storms that she has now and the focus to do so. And if there's one thing that top tennis players agree on, it's that an absolute key is winning when you're not at your best. Mm. Because they all know what Sabalenka's just said. There are very few days where you play your best. So many times you have to solve problems and be content to not quite be at your best, but still stay positive and win matches. And that is exactly what Sabalenka's done in the first two rounds here. I I agree. I think it's a very good sign. Is she in a, a sit-to-pass position where she's the heavy favourite? She's expected to reach the final from that half of the draw, or not quite? Personally, I don't think I put her as bigger favourite as Sitsipas. You know, I don't mm. think it's quite the same. I mean, partly because Serena's there. It does feel like her time to finally reach a quarterfinal or a semifinal, at least. Mm. David? No, I, I don't I don't think she's done enough to convince that she has that she's as reliable as Sitsipas. Mm. I know Sitsipas threw in that dud at the US Open last year, but he is more mentally there more often that's what he's shown us so far but i do feel like sabalenka's made some major strides she thrashed pavlichenkova in madrid the other week but that was the week she was probably talking about when you play your best tennis once (laughs) one week a year well she's had that now what so it's 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 going to be very interesting isn't it because and and the conditions are so much so different i mean yes she did win in straight sets today but that first set was seven five and I think she was quite relieved in the end to to push the, the accelerator and be able to race away from Sasnovich. Um, I, I've got her going all the way, but it, like I said uh, before, we started this tournament. I'd also I also hovered over whether she might even lose first round. So she doesn't give me massive confidence in a prediction, but on balance, I find it hard to predict against her because of how well she is playing generally. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. 
being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, speaking of Sitsipas, he won today straight sets over Pedro Martinez. He was very grouchy in his press conference. He came straight to press. And he was grouchy to the extent that he was asked why he was grouchy um, by uh, by uh, Ubaldo Scanagata. He's, he's, he's not a grouch, is he, normally? Well, well, no, exactly. Usually I kind of object to those questions. But actually, it, 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 well, I had just commented on it in our group chat. It was quite notable from Sitsipas. It was notable that he came straight to press without showering. He looked in absolute state. Um, and yeah, he just had a slightly weird on-court interview with Fabrice Santoro. I know that's nothing new for for Sitsipas, but he was asked he was asked about the great memories uh, he has of the the Longland Court, and obviously Longland plus Sitsipas for for everyone, and definitely for Sitsipas equals heartbreaking loss to Stan Wawrinka two years ago, after which Sitsipas didn't get out of bed for at least two weeks. Um, so, yeah, and he just did this amazing Sitsipas face and sort of said, you think you think I have good memories of this court? And then proceeded to do um, an, an att- a glorious attempt at staying, saying, look, we're all struggling with how to pronounce Stan Warinka, because we've had to we've had to change course mid career, uh, but I'm not sure anyone has struggled like Sitsipas did today. I'm going to need somebody to do their best impression of how Sitsipas said Stan Warinka's name today. Someone step up, come on, Matt. He <laughs> uh, went. Well, the thing is, he didn't commit to it. He trailed <laughs> off. He went. He went. St- Stan Wawrinka. <laughs> I felt like I was there. I didn't see it, so I can't give you one. But uh, it was sensational. Maybe, maybe that's why he was grouchy in press afterwards. Anyway, when pushed on it, he said, "Look, I just didn't play my best tennis today. Yeah, I won in straight sets, but I, I would have liked to have played a bit better." Yeah, I, th- I think it was quite a deceiving scoreline. Mm. I think over two and a half hours for a straight sets match, there were a lot of tight sets. He was certainly down a break early, and then he had a lot of trouble finishing the match. Pedro Martinez, who beat Sebastian Corda in the first round, I think is very much at home on clay and made it tough for Sitsipas. And he's got a very different challenge in the next round. He's got John Isner, who he beat very handily in Acapulco this year, but all of their other matches have been tough and traditionally he had struggled on the return from mm. that big serve from Isner and by all accounts I've not seen any of Isner this tournament 
but I think he's playing very, very well. So I think that's probably Sitsipas's biggest roadblock on en route to this final. I mean, literally biggest, but also but also game style wise, I don't think he will enjoy that. Also, I feel like he's he's gonna have to find a way to block out the noise over the next mm. ten days, isn't he? Because everybody's just assuming he goes all the way. I mean, there are good players in that half of the draw, and Zverev's in that half of the draw. Medvedev, who's playing well at the moment, you know, these are these are players that have beaten him before, but he is very heavily favoured to go all the way. And that's that brings its own pressure. I don't I wonder whether he's able to block that out. I wonder whether he'll be able to deal with that. It's gonna be quite an interesting little experiment, I think, over the next ten days. This might be an instance where living in your own world um comes into its own. <laughs> Yeah. Live in your own world, Steph. Stay there for the next two weeks. <laughs> um, you mentioned Zverev there. He won today in straight sets as well. Another kind of deceiving scoreline. Two tie breaks in there against Roman Safiulin, who he pointed out uh, afterwards was one of his contemporaries in, in juniors. You know, it, we might not be that familiar with him, although I considered him as a prediction last night and thus looked up his ATP bio, so I can tell you that his favourite band is Nickelback. Um, <laughs> despite him probably only being about three years old at the time that Nickelback released their one hit. Um, yeah, he said, look, I I, I, I knew Sophia game really well. We were contemporaries and juniors. We played all the time. Um, and he was tested today. There was, there was a moment in the third set where Zverev went really off the boil and because there isn't the foundation there of the big wins at the top level, you did just suddenly see it flashing before your eyes. Verov in a fifth set, having led two sets to love up and looking comfortable, I thought he did very well to steady the ship, get it back on track and, and win in a tiebreak. He played very well in the two tiebreaks, incidentally, but... It, but he does this all the time, doesn't he, Catherine? Well, yeah, he does. This happens, and it, I mean, eventually he down. gets punished for it once he comes yeah, up against a a higher quality opponent. Probably should have lost a set today. And I mean, look, Sefulian played well. I'm not saying he didn't play well, but this should not happen to players of this caliber. No, he he should be just knocking these people aside. I know, maybe that. A player, a tennis player, might look at, listen to that, and think, "Oh, here we go. Somebody who's never played the game, who doesn't get how hard it is, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. But we've seen enough other players be able to navigate these first few rounds without using up any energy and being better for it at the end. And I think that that's that's where he lets himself down. Mm. Mm. Yeah, hard hard to argue with that. Um, Nishikori has done what Nishikori does. He's won in five sets, 6-4 in the fifth, over Karen about using energy up. Achenov. Yeah, when asked uh, what made the difference, he said in that final game, I just tried to be aggressive. Um, and it is unfathomable why he doesn't attempt to do that before the 10th game of the fifth set, ever. <laughs> I mean, that's unfair. Of course, he does try to be aggressive, but... Come on, Kay. <laughs> There's other <laughs> ways to do this. He said, uh, "He said I don't like playing five sets. I don't do it on purpose. <laughs> it's like, well, 
<laughs> you <laughs> just don't, the... don't try not to. He's always got a sort of goofy grin on his face as he says it, as if, actually, I do, really. <laughs> I quite like the stat, I mean, the way the stat's yeah, building. I mean, I, I'm here for Kane Shikori to to think, right, what can I cement my legacy at? I can be the best fifth set player of all time, and I am going to retire with that record. Do you think when he's two sets to one up, that's what he's thinking? I would love it if he he's is. doing a Sergi Bruguera and think, I'll oh, just give him this set and then I've got him right where I want him. Um, if he wants to go five sets in the next round, he'll have to do it against Henry Laxonen. Anyone, anything? I'm, sh- I'm sure he can. I'm sure he can pull it off, Catherine. I'm sure it won't be a problem. Who, who beat Roberto Bautista yeah. today? Yeah, probably the biggest um, biggest name to fall on the men's side of things today. Um, I tell you what, I want to talk about Fabio Fanini. He won, and I know, I know you're going to look at me like you're being lured into a trap here. You've been lured into a trap. Uh, he won very comfortably today against Martin Fucevic. Now, full disclosure here, I didn't really see any of that match, but I did see match point. And I saw the scoreline, which is very one-sided. <laughs> Thank and you his, for your service, his, Catherine. <laughs> his celebration in match, but he was so fired up. It really, <laughs> yes, Billy Jean, yes, he was so fired that up. That fired up. Yeah, it really struck me. And I, it struck me enough that I went and looked at his draw. He's in the rude Zverev section. And I'm not saying he's coming through. I'm just saying rude and Zverev don't want to be playing him in this kind of form. This is a guy that's won Monte Carlo not that long ago, you know, in, in recent memory. They don't want to play Fabio Fanini in form. Discuss. Well, I agree with you, but I just don't trust that we'll see that form. That's the problem with the bloke. Oh, I don't this trust tournament. it. <laughs> no, I know, but that's just the thing. saying maybe. He's so unreliable. I know. Hmm. I saw a... I saw some of the first set and it went to a tie break and it was it was really competitive and there was an incredible atmosphere and I think that got oh. Fanini really fired up. It was a very very testosterone atmosphere, put it that way. I think he's a big fan of testosterone. I think Fanini. he is. It was mm. it was his vibes. Um, so you're saying don't give him a night match in front of nobody. So it was a very yeah. it was the the fired upness was very specific to the situation rather than Fanini coming to Paris going, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip this drawer apart and show them what I can do. <laughs> Given I have no other evidence to go on, I'm gonna say it was specific to the situation. Right. Right. Great. Sorry. Okay. Well, bang goes the theory. Uh Christian Garin, eight six in the fifth over Mackenzie McDonald, saw large chunks of this match. Curfew hit halfway through or in the latter stages of it. Such a shame. Five all in the fifth. And, and Guerin's support, supporters, all these Chilean supporters, dutifully went outside the gates and then just stood next to the gates singing. <laughs> they couldn't see the match because all the seats were in the way, but they just carried on their songs. The the, the commentator on the uh, on the channel that I was watching said uh, the noise was so loud from these fans and uh, he said initially I I think that's noise from another court if you're wondering what's happening and then there was this sort of pause and he goes oh wait no it's actually it's actually all the people that were in this court um, (laughs) that have just relocated to outside Um, it was yeah it was extraordinary scenes and 
Uh, yeah, Mackenzie McDonald must be heartbroken more than four he hours that much. Fought his heart yeah. out. He did. He say. I mean, he was one of those where he's serving second in the set, the final set, all the way through, trying to hang on, and loads of thirty all games towards the end, and then he ends up losing eight six. And there was a lovely moment though at the end where Green scaled the seats so that he could look over the fence make eye contact with all those supporters and give him a big thumbs thumbs up. And he was really emotional, clearly really touched by the way they'd stuck with him like that. That's so nice. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. Um, so that is part one of round two. How about part two of round two? This is the schedule uh, for tomorrow in Paris. It starts on Philippe Chatre with Ash Barty against Magda Lynette. Then it's Carolina Pruskova against Sloane Stevens, a big yes please to that one. Then it is a Federer-Nadal doubleheader. Uh, Federer against Chilich in the day session, and then not before 9pm local time, Nadal against Gasquet. Uh, I rather think they've scheduled that at a time when they think perhaps fewer people will be watching. Um, I nearly I nearly picked Chilich in the predictions overnight in the newsletter, by the way. Yeah, very, very nearly. Do you actually think he's winning that? Well, no, I didn't go for it in the end. <laughs> but you think he, you think he might? I think he, he could do, yeah. I think I, I, it wouldn't surprise me that much because he's played – I know he hasn't won many recently, but he's played a lot of tennis and Roger Federer has just played hardly any. What would happen on the Did Marin Cilic Win Today Twitter account if he beat Federer? Would it, it would retire. It would, would, it, would it just say yes? Would they would capitals. they say more? Would they elab- elaborate? I think it's always capitals, isn't it? Oh, is it? TBC. TBC. If he wins Wimbledon, Wimbledon, it'll just say yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Longland tomorrow, it's Anne Lee, talented young American, against Alina Svitolina. I hovered over that because I know Anne Lee's really good. I uh, saw a bit of her at the US Open last year, but then I realised everything we discussed about Svitolina and she just delivers in the first week of a slam. Uh, so didn't. Uh, then it's Imma, Mikhail Imma against Guillermo Fis. I think, uh, as we discussed yesterday, that could be really entertaining. Then it's Novak Djokovic against Pablo Cuevas. And then it's Annette Kontovate against Kristina Mladenovic. Uh, Court Simon Mathieu is where you'll find Matteo Berrettini against Federico Corri, Yannick Sinner's playing there, Fiona Ferro against Jennifer Brady, uh, and Iga Svontek is last up on that court. And there's plenty more besides, but that's the pick of the matches on the biggest courts. What are we looking forward to tomorrow? All of it. All of it, okay. All of it, yeah. Actually, Pliska, Pliska Vogue Stevens mm, is the one, yeah, isn't I it? Think I mean, that's, that's, that's a Grand Slam semi-final right there. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a word on today. I spent a large portion of my day watching Coco Golf and Venus Williams in, oh. in doubles action together. The the cross-generational partnership. And, the, and there was a brief moment where someone in the crowd was singing Born in the USA. So all my all my worlds were colliding. Oh. It was it yeah, was great. What I was struck by during that match was how tall Venus Williams is. She made Coco Golf look small. Anyway. Mm. Yeah, Venus Williams is tall, everyone. <laughs> Bombshell to end on. Um, <laughs> our mascot for this tournament is, well, our Lucci 
who's no longer with us, and Phoebe, both lovely corgis. Thank you, Lucci and Phoebe, for being with us for this roller coaster of a Grand Slam. Uh, Billie Jean hasn't covered herself in glory tonight. Sorry about that, Billie Jean King. Um, Rogue, <laughs> Zeus, Scouse or Mousel. Those are David's, myself's and Matt's mascots who have also been let down <laughs> today. Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer, never a letdown. Is Chris Albert Lee. Who are our shout outs for, Matt? Fiona McGregor. Oh, oh Fiona. Like Fiona like, Farrow playing Jennifer like, Brady tomorrow. Like Conor McGregor with that swaggery walk. Mm. Maybe Fiona's got one of those. Maybe. Maybe not. Thanks so much for your support. Michelle Fenlon. Fenlon? Not quite sure. Michelle. <laughs> right, Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Thank you for your support. Um, there must Michelle Collins is a person. I mean, Catherine, that is going back a long time to EastEnders. <laughs> give me another. Well, they were blank faces. I, uh, give me another Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Pfeiffer. Yeah. How do you spell that, by the way? Pfeiffer. German, isn't it? Never really understood that. Have you? <laughs> uh, last up, Matt. Who you got? Thank you for We've- support, Michelle. We've got Dominica Marchetti. Oh, hello. Oh, right. Dominica Sybil Coba. Mm, yes. Brilliant. That sounds potentially Italian, do we think? Yes, this is Dominica with a C rather than a K Love and an that. E rather than an I. But yes, very much like Dominica Sybil Coba. <laughs> <laughs> Magnificent. Thank you so much, Thank Dominica. Thank you for your support, Dominica. Uh, if you're not subscribe to the newsletter sort yourself out and get yourself subscribed it is brilliant matt toils away at it all day and it never disappoints it's brilliant i genuinely look forward to it landing in my inbox um so yeah get yourself on that bandwagon tell your friends leave us an apple podcast review and most importantly tune in tomorrow for our day five french open tennis podcast david matt thank you hannah thank you for twitter this sounds like the the last podcast of the tournament doesn't it it's not we're back tomorrow we'll speak to you then mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.